Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today it is no different. I have Mr. Adam Nelson. Adam, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. No, it's my absolute pleasure, buddy. Adam, um, before we get into your day-to-day and what you, you're currently doing, let's go back in time. Who was Adam as a, as a young man at school? Yeah, absolutely. So... I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is uh, uh, well known as Amish country here in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I grew up on a horse farm and, um, uh, you know, I spent most of my days working on the farm, fixing fence or shoveling manure. Um, and during that time, uh, gaming became a, a very uh, a passionate hobby of mine because I didn't really have a lot of other kids to play with um, because I lived in, in such a rural area. There wasn't a lot of other people that lived around me. So video games was kind of like my escape from working on the farm. Um, and uh, uh, while while playing video games and growing up, and as as the new consoles came out, I became very um, uh, very passionate about online multiplayer. So, like, I think my first game was SOCOM 2 on the PlayStation 2, which was the first game that I really attached myself to, uh, and that was the first game that I had a headset, and it was just a really really cool time uh, to be a gamer because it was just it was just so new and it was fresh and it was very very exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, as I went through middle school and high school, I still played games. I was very competitive in Halo 2. I went to a couple lands and, and performed pretty well. Um, but uh, what really kind of mixed up my gaming career was eventually I ended up uh, enlisting in the United States military right after high school. Um, I served in the Army for six years. Um, after my time in the military, I moved back to, Pennsylvania, uh, back to Philadelphia to go to college. Uh, and eventually I graduated from Penn State. Um, and then I've done a few jobs since then. But... Uh, then eventually we brings ourselves to the start of Philly Esports, which I'm, I'm very passionate about and very excited to talk about today. Very nice. Talk to me about the world of esports and like, I mean, what made you want to start an esports business? Like where, where did that drive come from, especially in times where the industry is still very, very early on? Absolutely. So I've always been a gamer um, and I was just awestruck by how gaming was becoming this really mainstream entertainment um, property. And I was really excited about that. And obviously as a, as a competitive gamer myself, I wanted to be involved, but I quickly realized that I just didn't have the skill set to be a pro gamer. I, I did, I tried really hard, but I just realized it wasn't in the cards for me. Um, and one of the jobs I got out of after I joined, after I moved home from the army was I worked for a nonprofit called Bunker Labs. That nonprofit helps veterans start and grow businesses. And I became very attached to them because it was such an awesome community. And uh, when I first discovered them, I thought it was an opportunity to find a new, a new opportunity for my career. But uh, what ended up happening is I got hired there and I worked there for two years as a regional director. And while I was there, that was my first real introduction to entrepreneurship. And I got access to all these resources. I met so many inspirations 
inspirational people that I started thinking about like, what would I do personally if I wanted to start my own business? And as I looked through all my passions, all my hobbies, gaming was always front and center as the thing I was most passionate about. And I recognized that I had the, um, the resources available to me, the mentorships in my network, and uh, you know, a prime uh, opportunity within the esports ecosystem to really start something. So I decided to run my first event in January of 2019, just to see if anyone would show up. And I had no company, no marketing, no anything. And I got 30 kids to show up to a local university, bringing their computers and their monitors and everything else to play Fortnite. And once I ran that first event, I was like, okay, yeah, there's something here. People want to come together. They want to play video games in person. And, you know, they want to play the games that they really love. And so so that's what really uh, motivated me to start this company and start running events for, for local gamers. Absolutely. You started from, from the ground up, as you just mentioned, you, you set up an event and so you, and was wondering who would, who would rock up or turn up. What's the, what's the biggest challenges that you've faced so far trying, trying to grow this concept and, and this business? Absolutely. So obviously there's a lot of um, normal business challenges. And what I mean by that is like, how do you, you know, how do you make money? How do you, you know, what expenses do you have? What systems do you need to put up in place? Who do you have to hire? Um, all those, those generic business issues I had to work through at the start are just trying to learn my first time ever starting a company, what all that meant. Um, but once I kind of got through that rough patch there, um, the biggest challenges was, you know, what are we really doing? What is the goal of Philly Esports? And uh, starting the company as a, as a for-profit, so not a non-profit, uh, trying to make money, uh, it, you have to understand, you know, you have to know exactly what your service is and you have to understand what your market is. Um, but what I, what I recognize is that I needed to be good at something. Um, and, and so that's why I decided that I wanted to be the best at running events, like really understanding the operations and the staffing needs of running a, an in-person event and executing that to its highest level. And, and that's what, what I've been able to accomplish. So the, the first challenge was, what do we do? And we, we run events, but what, what is really our service? And our service is providing the best possible experience at a gaming event. Um, and so we got really, really good at that. And that's what we executed on. Um, from there, you need to turn that into to profitability. You need to be able to identify what you're really good at, identify your market, and be able to say, this is the service we provide, and this is how we're going to make money off of doing that service. Um, and so that challenge was very difficult because as many people know in the esports industry, running events doesn't make any money. Um, you can do it every single day, every single week, but eventually you're, the amount of money spent to run the event, it, it just isn't going to, you're not going to bring that money back in unless you pull in uh, a bunch of different sponsors and partners that can help cover some of that cost. And that just really isn't realistic for a business model um, because of the amount of work and effort that's, that needs to go into every single one of those events to make those events profitable individually. Um, so we've had, uh, and obviously we're, we're now still in this COVID uh, 19 um, world, right? And, and so things have had to change and everyone's had to pivot. And so we've identified uh, something that we, uh, you know, an area that we can apply our skill set to. So we know that running individual events isn't really going to be profitable, um, but we've discovered that we can run events for other organizations and pr primarily uh, local universities. And so we've decided that we're going to leverage our services against uh, universities across the United States that uh, have esports departments and uh, have them pay us to run their esports uh, organizations, not so much their organization, but their events and, and their, um, their competitions with other uh, local universities and colleges so that they don't have to worry about any of those logistics. We come in, we provide all the logistics, we give them all the services, and they just have to show up and play. And so for the last two years, since we've been um, really uh, piloting and, and discovering what is needed to run good events, and we've really 
built that into a, a process, into a system that can be replicated exponentially. Um, we now can provide that as a service to uh, not only colleges, but any any organization that is looking to be involved in esports in any way. And so we're really proud of that. Um, and there's a lot of issues inherent into those things, but um, you know we did it the best by running one event a month for two years straight and every single event getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better and implementing processes and, and other things to make those events even more efficient than the one before. And I'm really proud of my team and really proud of what we've been able to develop and build here, um, which is just an amazing uh, operations for esports events. Awesome. Um, talk me through the reactions that you, that you gathered from the colleges earlier, earlier on, Mark. What was the initial reaction? Absolutely. So uh, originally we would just go to local universities looking for event space because we wanted to do in-person events. And universities that have already um, invested some time and energy into esports, whether they have a team or a department or a club, were very interested in promoting that alongside our events. So going in and saying, hey, we'd like to use your event space, would you be willing to, to let us use that? They were more than happy to to, to, to give that to us for free because they wanted that, that marketing, that, that promotion of their esports program, their esports space to the larger community so that, so that you know, potential students could come and check it out and maybe enroll to be a student the next semester. So colleges were very open um, to what we were doing, what we wanted to do, uh, and even more so now, what we're providing uh, to them in, in the sense of uh, more structured league style events. Um, they're very, very interested because they still are looking to promote this department of their of their college or their school, uh, just like they would for their football their football program, their baseball program, their arts program, whatever other programs they have. Esports is still is is now a part of that entire um, ecosystem that they have, and they want to promote that, and they want to find ways to promote it that prevents them from having to really do the work. So if someone comes in and says, hey, we'll do all this work for you and all you get to do is promote it, that they they really, really like that um, because it allows them to, to reach more eyeballs and, and uh, more ears about their programs and, and try to get potential students. So uh, universities and colleges have been very, very receptive. They've been very kind to us and in, in, in opening their doors and letting us leverage their resources. Um, and you know they have their own set of struggles and, and challenges that they face that we we can't solve all of them for them, but we do take a lot of the weight off of them in the in regards of having to run events or coordinate leagues or or compete against other colleges. Uh, we kind of handle that whole process for them, and they and they've enjoyed that very much and and uh, have shown a lot of support, which which we're very thankful for. Awesome. Um, how do you guys grow and evolve as as an organization? I mean, what's what's next? Absolutely. So um, for us, uh, you know, right now we're still in the thick of it. You know, we are, we're working hard every day trying to get all of our different programs and offerings up and running. Uh, you know, COVID has made it difficult for everybody because, uh, you know, a lot of resources have, have had to be um, positioned towards other, uh, you know, reprioritized to other things that are more important, um, which is totally uh, uh, acceptable and understandable. So, you know, there's a lot of work still left to be done. Um, but our hope is that um, to grow, uh, we are we can provide our services to anybody anywhere. Really, um, there's you know we've shifted our entire process to online, so we do everything remote online at a high, very very high quality. So although we're not doing things in person anymore, we're still delivering that high quality content that would that would be expected from an in person event, even though it's online. Um, and we've built processes and, and procedures to make sure that happens. Um, but really, we can provide this to anybody. So anybody in the United States, anybody across the world, we provide a service that uh, is is top of the line, and uh, and we're very proud of it um, because we I have some of the smartest, most capable 
people on my team that have been working with me for, for multiple years to get this up and running and they execute at the highest level that I could ever ask for. And I'm very proud of them. So, you know, we scale by providing the service to more universities and colleges and in other organizations around the world. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do. And, and uh, we're excited to, to continue to grow and continue to provide our services and also continue to learn and get better. Um, the esports space is, is always moving. It's always changing. Uh, COVID-19 obviously has changed a lot of things, some for the better, some for the worse. And, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know everything or that we, we can adapt to any scenario because that's not true. But, um, we have a team that really cares about esports, that really cares about the players that we interact with, and really cares about the positive impact that we have on our community and and on esports as a general as a whole. And so, uh, you know, I believe that we will succeed no matter what the what the environment um, brings us. But uh, we're really excited about what's coming what's coming down the pipe for the future and and all the partners that we've uh, built out so far. What would you say is the biggest change since COVID nineteen has hit? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there's a, there's a lot, right. And it, I think it really depends on what you're focusing in on, a, on a as a business, whether you are running events or, or partnering with other companies, or maybe you're an esports team. Let's um, talk about you, you, you and your organization, since your oh, core sure. component is build is doing events and organizing yeah. events. Absolutely. My apologies. Um, uh, all good. I, I would say that uh, the biggest challenge and the biggest change is, you know, we were doing, um, all in-person events. We were not providing online events because we really cared about that in-person experience, that community building that really can only happen when you're in the same room with someone else. Um, so because of COVID, we've had to completely uh, put that on, on hold. Uh, we're not saying that we won't do it ever again, but it's obviously not something we can do for the time being. So that has been the biggest change for us as a company is that we've, we've lost that. And a lot of our community that we built were in our community because of that. So it, it is hard to have to shift from an in-person community to a strictly online because you, you, you lose some people and some people aren't as interested in what you're doing um, because they came to you for a specific, you know, for a specific purpose. And now that, that main purpose is gone. So how to re-engage them in a way that keeps them around is, is definitely a challenge. So, um, you know, our biggest change is, is going from in-person to 100% online and then having to adjust our, our digital content, our media, our social media strategies to kind of um, adapt to that as well. And then also amplify the new things that we're trying to do so that people know that we're still, you know, we're still committed, we're still engaged, we're still involved, and we're still uh, creating opportunities for, for local gamers. Wow. You said that your sort of your unique proposition was that you guys have that experience in person experience is it possible to replicate that online have you guys found the way where you think that this could almost feel like um, a unique experience to what others are doing online absolutely i think that that is a challenge that every content creator is facing right now um, even even before COVID. is how can you interact more more exclusively with your fans and, and, and more efficiently and, and more personally, right? Um, so what we've, and this is something we've been working on really hard. So obviously outside the normal means of communication through social media, you have a discord, obviously your, your social media channel, we're trying to engage our community in ways that uh, other people really aren't trying to. So whether that is, um, you know, trying to make, trying to have them give us their own content so we can support them or doing interviews remotely through Skype or through discord, or really highlighting the, 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 the 
major leaders in our community that have been supporting other players. To give you an example, we just ran a Rocket League camp with one of our local university partners, which was a huge success. We really, really enjoyed it. And the coaches that we, we had for that were all um, – were all absolutely amazing. And they did just a phenomenal job. And all the feedback we received from all the participants were like, hey, this coach was awesome. This coach was awesome. So being able to take them and put them on a pedestal and, and, and really show the esports community like, hey, this person is not only an amazing coach and really understands the game, they really care about the players. And they, and they had a wide range of people to interact with. And everyone said that this person was awesome. And getting that out there, I think, is really important. Um, and, and, and having people engage in that is really important because sometimes gaming can be a solitary experience. And knowing that you have have people out there you can go to that you can trust that are there for you that really care about why you're coming to them to talk to them I think is really crucial and really important and that kind of content and that type of engaging content is is really what is going to help drive esports as a whole but also companies that have had to shift due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and so that's what we're really trying to focus on. And then obviously trying to make our events or actual events that we run online as interactive as possible with polls, with, with on, with on stream content, with uh, what other, whatever tools exist and allow our community to interact with us. We've implemented it and we're, we're trying to implement even more to make it even more interactive and more fun um, so that everybody feels engaged and, and part of the process. Sounds amazing. Um, where does esports go from here? I mean, We've seen what's happened to the world. Uh, live sport is really struggling, or traditional sports really struggling to hold events, no matter the size, no matter the league, no matter the team. Um, how, how does eSport really make the most of all this and really take that front, that front foot and go ahead and really grow their market size or market share? Absolutely. So I think where esports goes from here is just higher and higher. I mean, the, the COVID-19 the COVID pandemic has, has opened up a gigantic door for esports to take the lead and take a really big league. Uh, um, and, and I think the future of esports is you're going to see it more and more on mainstream media, more and more on TV, more and more on, on online. It's, you know, ESPN and other major sports um, websites and, and channels are already advertising and writing stories about gamers, about esports. So we're, wow. we're getting to a point where it's, it's going to be a staple in, um, it already is a staple in the, in the, in the Asian community, but, it, but even more so here in the North American community is that it's going to be a staple as a sport. And, and although esports will always be esports, uh, esports is going to be looped in with baseball and hockey and football and all these traditional sports, because it's, it's the only thing one that's been able to, uh, persists through the COVID-19 pandemic, but also it's something that every new generation, it's just, they're, they're born with it. They're ingrained with it. It's part of who they are. Uh, you know, I'm in my early thirties and I've been gaming my whole life. And, you know, when I was 15, people in their thirties probably weren't really paying attention to video games that much. So, you know, already just seeing how people in my age range are still watching esports, still playing competitively, still engaging with that content. Esports is going to become a major staple and the, the pandemic has only accelerated that and made it more mainstream because unfortunately um, with the other sports, there just hasn't been any content to report on. Uh, obviously these other leagues have been able to get up and running and had games, but it's a, it's a, it's a shell of what it once was. So, but esports has been going strong and creating even, more events and more content and more people are engaging in with it every single month. It's just growing and growing and growing. So I think that's where esports is going. I think we're going to see even more media uh, attention around it. We're going to see even more interactive 
uh, content that everybody can be a part of. And I think that's what what the difference between traditional sports and esports has is that esports is the only sport that has true interactive capabilities with their fans, where other sports don't. Um, and and just look at games like Hyperscape that came out recently. They've, they've, uh, as soon as they launched, they had a plug into Twitch TV that no matter who it was, if you're streaming on Twitch and you're in the game, your, your watchers can click on a, an effect that the game can implement. And it, it records all those votes for everyone that's streaming in that game. And whatever wins the most votes, that thing actually happens in the game and affects how the game is played out. That's the kind of stuff that we're starting to see. And that's the kind of cre- like content that doesn't exist in traditional sports. So even when the world goes back to uh, quote unquote normal and traditional sports do come back in their in their true form they're never going to be able to ke- to catch up to that interactive ability that esports has where the actual spectators can directly affect the game and and maybe positive or negative ways depending on your on your perspective but that is so much more valuable than um, I think any of the traditional sports that exist today where uh, you can't really affect the way the game is going outside of your support um, but uh, you know, being able to actually interact with the game and interact with the players, support them, uh, the, the teams, that is what makes esports uh, uh, an absolute monster and a king amongst all of the competitive arenas because you're not going to get that experience anywhere else and people crave that experience, especially now when everybody's online. Well, very, very well said, absolutely. Um, what's three pieces of advice that you would give to a young man or a young woman or just a young person in general looking to build a career in eSports? Absolutely. So there are a lot of smart people in eSports and there's a lot of really good opinions and good perspectives. And, and, I, and I don't sit here and say that I have the right perspective or I, I know the best. All I can do is speak from my own personal experience. And, and that's what I do um, when, when I try to give advice to people is I can only tell you what I've gone through and what I've seen, but that may not work for you, but, but I, I, I hope that it's enough to kind of get you started. The first, the first thing that I always say, and this is more of like an entrepreneurship perspective, is no matter what it is that you want to do, don't get overwhelmed by how far away that goal might be. Break that goal down into as many small pieces as you can. The, the um, visual I like to give is imagine you're, you're, the whole thing you want to do is like a big stairwell, and your goal is at the very top of that stairwell, whether it's to be a caster, start your own company, be a pro gamer, whatever it might be, and just do one step at a time, right? Go up that stairwell one step at a time, one little thing that you can do that, doesn't, that isn't a major risk, that doesn't affect your life as a whole, just one little thing you can do. And if you do that over time, you'll realize how far up the stairwell you've gotten without really jumping in in a way that would make you feel scared or feel overwhelmed. So that's the first thing I like to say is don't overwhelm you with how difficult a task is. Just say, hey, what can I do now? What's the first step? Let me take that first step. And those little steps will motivate you to keep going. And over time, you'll be surprised at how much you've gotten done and how much more that will motivate you to keep on going. Um, For the esports industry as a whole, the number one thing I like to say is find a mentor. Find a mentor. And what I mean by that is try to find somebody who's doing something in esports that you want to do and reach out to them on social media. Find their LinkedIn profile, find their Twitter, find their Facebook, whatever it is you want to do. Reach out to them and say, hey, my name is so-and-so. This is what I like to do. I really like what you've accomplished. Would you willing to be my mentor? Would you willing to, to speak with me once a week or once a month? And let me just rap, rap with you about what I want to do. And that is so, so um, important and, and influential because not only can you learn from somebody who is already at a place that you want to go, but, but um, you can then take their advice and take their experience and adapt it to what you're doing and create a whole new uh, uh, 
a whole new experience and a whole new way of doing things that maybe someone else really hasn't thought about. Um, finding mentors I know can be overwhelming for some people because maybe some people don't want, are, are a little shy or, or don't really know how to reach out. You would be surprised how many people are willing to sit down and have a 30 minute conversation with you about what you want to do in esports. So don't be shy to reach out. Everyone in esports I've talked to has been very friendly, very willing to communicate. So, so don't hesitate to reach out to someone that you that you think uh, you'd love to learn more about and learn their learn their story and their process, um, because they can really help you and, and may be a guiding light for you through the process. Um, and the third thing that I, I think I would say is do exactly what you want to do. And what I mean by that is if you want to be a gamer or, or a pro gamer, if you want to be a caster, if you want to start your business, do that. Don't let anyone sway you off that. No matter how outlandish or over, or over the top idea that you have, do what you want to do. Um, there's, there's hundreds of success stories of everybody from every, every pillar of esports um, that pursued a dream or pursued an idea that everyone thought was silly um, and thought it never would take off the ground and they've all become successful. So don't let anyone tell you that your idea isn't good enough or that you'll never be able to make it. If you want to do something, do that thing. Don't let anyone discourage you otherwise, because if you're, the, if you're passionate enough about it, if you, if that is what drives you, if that's, if that's something that you are absolutely obsessed with, you will achieve your goal because, because nobody can have that much drive, uh, than you do because that's your goal, that's your dream. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. If that's something you want to do, go for it and uh, and achieve your dreams. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to those wise words. The man said it himself. Adam, um, you've been amazing. Thank you very much. You've definitely shed a ton of light and insight on us. Before we wrap things up, where can people get in touch with you online? Absolutely. So you can find me personally on LinkedIn or on social media. Just type in Adam Nelson. You should find me. Um, but you can follow uh, my company, Philly Esports, uh, at Philly Esports on all social media. Uh, on Facebook, we're just uh, Philly Esports League. Um, and we'd love to connect with you if you, uh, if you want to learn more about what we do or maybe you want to be involved. We're always looking for people to be involved um, in, in different, many different ways. But please reach out to us. Please send us a DM. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to chat with me, I'd be more than happy to chat with anybody out there that wants to learn more about the sports industry um, and my journey um, and yeah we'd love to connect with anyone out there ladies and gentlemen mr adam nelson from philly esports thank you very much for joining me on the sports finder podcast thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the sports finder podcast we'll catch you on our next episode y'all ready for this <laughs>